You're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Don't be a juice bag. in a matter of, like, a couple of days from each other. Um, the St. Louis Blues just won the Stanley Cup. The Toronto Raptors just won the NBA championship. And what's cool about that is, is both for both of those teams, that's the first time they've ever won a championship. And I don't know about you guys, like, I, I always love seeing teams that have never won a championship win one. I just, I always think it's really cool to see that. And... Kind of going back even further to last year when the Caps won the Stanley Cup, there's been this cool trend where we're starting to see teams that have not won championships before finally put it together. Like the Eagles finally won a Super Bowl. The Caps finally won their uh, their first Stanley Cup. Uh, The Blues won their first Stanley Cup. Uh, The Toronto Raptors won their first uh, title uh, in the NBA. And I just kind of hope this keeps going. I think it's really cool to see new teams that have never had this much success finally put it together. Um... And like, I think this is a cool tie-in too, Steve, because um, you didn't, you weren't with us last week, unfortunately. So I think that when we start the start this episode, we'll go ahead and you can give us uh, some of the things that were worth uh, worth waiting for, whether it be a sporting event or uh, where your team finally won, or a movie or uh, a book that you loved as a kid that came to uh, came to film and it was awesome. But uh, it just kind of fits together because for a lot of people, I'm sure that they it was worth the wait for them to watch their their favorite team finally win a championship and quick side note and then we'll, we'll I'll let you guys all have your say on this but like how fucking weird is it that like the Toronto Raptors came into existence in 1995 1995-1996 was their first uh, season and they won a championship in the NBA before another Canadian team won a Stanley Cup because the last Canadian team to won a Stanley Cup was the Montreal Canadiens in 1993 like, I just think that that's weird. <laughs> like, there have, there have been more NBA champions in Canada than NHL champions in the last, what, 28 years? Like, that's just... That's that's friggin', it's friggin' weird, isn't it? Yeah, and at the time, I mean, there were two Canadian teams because the Grizzlies yeah. used to be in Vancouver, but they've since oh, yeah, moved yeah. to Memphis. So, I mean, it's it's not even like in hockey where there is... Probably what is it about a third of the league is Canadian based teams for the NHL, give or take. Um, there is, yeah, there's like thir- there's like 30 NHL teams, and you've got Toronto, Montreal, Vancouver, Edmonton, uh, Calgary, Calgary, Winnipeg, Winnipeg. Yeah, so I mean, like it's a good. I mean, yeah, like a th- I would say less than a third, but yeah, like a, like yeah, you know, so, yeah, somewhere between a quarter and a third. I'm not going to do the math because it's late at night, but um, <laughs> the. The NBA has a single Canadian team. So not only is your statistic ridiculous just in the length of time Toronto's existed, but the fact that they are one out of 30, as opposed to how many ever out of 30 the NHL has. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's absolutely, it's bonkers. Especially because, like, hockey is a Canadian sport. And it's just, it's crazy to think that, like, we like well, and that's the other thing about it too. Is it's not like it's it's not like it's American players 
on the American teams. It's it's a weird mix of Canadians and Europeans and Americans. It's just like a, a strange mish, uh, mishmash. So you can't really say that like those teams really quote unquote are only representing representing Canada. It's just that they just happen to be those cities. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's interesting though that they're not run better by a better organization or a better coaching or better whatever because for the most part, like none of the Canadian teams are really close. Like. Calgary got blown out in the first round. Montreal got blown out in the first round. Toronto got blown out in the first round. The Oilers didn't even make it this year. Uh, the Canucks didn't make it this year. Um, so yeah, it's not it's not like they were they were doing really well. And so, yeah, Winnipeg Winnipeg lost in the first round too. So like the entire Canadian like armada of hockey teams was wiped out in the first round of the playoffs. Like that's I'm just I'm surprised. Like it it just seems it seems weird. Like I guess. I can't think of a, of a, a something that would be equitable. Um, I feel like soccer. I'm trying to think of like you know, hey, if this team didn't make the World Cup, it would be you know, it would be embarrassing. But like, I don't even know where soccer was invented. Like, I, I feel like it's so old. It was like in the Bible, it was like God created the heavens and earth and Adam and Eve, and then there was soccer. Like, it's damn sports been around forever. Yeah, I mean, I guess at this point it'd be like if Brazil or, or yeah. Germany or Argentina. Spain didn't make it. Yeah, yeah. yeah one, of, one, of, one of the teams that have one of the like the international stars on it, like if they didn't make it. Portugal. Yeah, let me see here. Who has won the most World Cups? I think it's Germany. Uh, yeah, Brazil. I think it's Germany. Brazil has won five. Oh, yeah. Apparently France is pretty good too. Yeah. They just won the last but, one. Yeah, both the men and women uh, in France and uh, Germany are pretty good. I mean, if, if, we, if we're looking for a local example, it'd be like the U.S. women's team not making it because you know they're yeah. considered to be one of the one of the better teams that, in, that enter in the World Cup every year. Yeah. Okay. Let me get everybody's quick quick opinion about this, and I want to start with uh, with TK because she's our, our lone female representative on this uh, this evening's podcast. Um, <laughs> what? How do you feel about? the u.s ladies in soccer just destroying thailand 13 to nothing and basically celebrating after every goal like it was a big deal Um, i mean i don't know i think that i i i feel like there's poor sportsmanship so i i think that celebrating is one thing but if you're doing it after every single goal it's that much you know does that make sense yeah, I know what you're. I, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Like, I, I think that. I mean, I don't. It didn't really bother me one way or the other because, like, it was. It, it's not like hockey where it's a small rink and and goals can be scored in a in a matter of like milliseconds sometimes off of like a deflection. Like this is this is it's basically like running like half a marathon to get from one end of the field to the other, and then when you <laughs> finally do and you score a goal, I can understand why you would be pretty goddamn excited. Like it, it was. You put in some serious effort in order to get that. So, like, I just, I, I don't, the fact that people were, like, really calling them out, I thought was kind of distasteful. At the same time, I understood what they were saying, but, like, especially, too, like, to, to really poo-poo the, 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 the female soccer players when the men's team didn't even make the World Cup, and they make um, way more money than the female do. We're talking about 38 cents on the dollar is what the female soccer players make compared to the men. Oh yeah. I just thought that was kind of, that's kind of distasteful. It's like, you know, if they're going to get screwed on pay, at least like leave them alone. If they feel like doing cartwheels after (laughs) a goal, like just give them a damn break. Well, and also in the scoring system there, like goal differential can end up mattering 
in yeah. the round robin tournament. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe the score in their particular game was 13 to nothing, but each goal could end up mattering down the line. Now, yeah, yeah. the U.S. women's team is pretty dominant in the entire spectrum of things, and 13 goals is probably more than some teams are going to score in all four of their round robin tournament games. But uh, to a degree, I can understand because uh, it is a little different than hockey, where if you beat a team 13 nothing, you're up one nothing as opposed to being up one nothing plus you have the tiebreaker. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. that's true. And like yeah. by the, by the way, like soccer tournament rules are so freaking strange. Like they are. you yep. literally like you could have you could win twice and win all of your games one nothing and another team wins three times or they win twice as well, but they win one of their games five nothing and another one like two to one. And you literally would not like you're on the same playing like the same playing level like it just it seems silly that somebody could win a tournament instead yeah. of having like a final like tiebreaker like death match more or less it just seems very strange to me yeah and like I don't yeah. know why they haven't updated those rules because like I remember it was last it was either last year or two years ago and like the DC United were trying to make the playoffs. And it was like, even if they win this game, unless they score six more goals, they're not making the playoffs. And I was like, but shouldn't it just be a win and they're in? Like, not a you have to destroy this other team in order to get... It just seems silly. Yeah, it comes down to because so many games end in ties. They need to have... Like, everyone could end up uniformly having uh, essentially a tied overall record. So that becomes the next tiebreaker, much like in the NFL. Like, if you're trying to figure out okay, who's the last wild card team for the playoffs? They have identical records. They move to the next category to determine, okay, who deserves the spot then? Yeah. 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 I mean, I, yeah. I get, I get the, the, the concept behind it. I feel like there just should be something like a little bit better where it's like uh, the United States and Portugal are tied for, uh, they both have four wins and, and whoever gets past this particular round goes to the finals for the World Cup, like, have them meet for a shootout. Like, I just think it would be... It, it, it doesn't really put it up to something that really could just be a matter of chance. It, it's like, all right, well, this is going to be something that actually is, like, a competitive difference. Like, it, if one team happens to play... Um, we'll use Thailand again, you know, and Thailand's goalie gets hurt in the middle of the game and is out. So the other team just racks up, like, 15 goals. But the the game before that, the goalie was perfectly fine and was like just playing lights out and blocked a ton of shots. Do you see what I'm saying? Like it just doesn't seem like it's a fair yeah. a, a fair balance. But I mean, maybe that's why soccer is not as in, as popular in the United States. Like, yeah, I don't know. To be fair, I mean, if, if Thailand's goalie hadn't played the other day, it wouldn't have made a difference. Ooh. He was pretty <laughs> terrible. He was pretty awful. Ouch. Burn on like, I watched the I watched the highlights of that game. They scored ten goals in the second half of that. It was only three nothing at the halfway point. Yeah. That's and then they we scored like and they sco- Yeah. Yeah, and th- and then they they scored like uh they scored like four goals in like the first five minutes of the second half. Like, it, it was it was ridiculous. Well <laughs> and it really begs the question, like what what do you expect soccer players to do? Just like play keep yeah. away for the rest of the game, like no, that's why I didn't have a, no, that's why I didn't have an issue with what they did. Like, yeah. it, like I, I I treat this the same way I treat uh, baseball players who watch their home runs, like if or pitchers who get mad at baseball players. Like yeah. if you're that upset at it, don't give up a home run. <laughs> if you don't want to see the, if you don't want to see them, if you don't want to see them being happy that they scored, yeah, 
don't let them score. (laughs) There was a great moment over the weekend that was like that. Like Madison Bumgarner gave up the home run. Oh, yeah, with Muncy. Oh, yeah. Max Muncy of the Los Angeles Dodgers crushes a home run into the McCovey Cove at uh, Pac Bell Park in San Francisco, right? Like, he hits it into the water, and he, like, stops and looks at his home run, because it was an impressive home run, right? And Madison, oh, yeah. Madison Bumgarner, like, like notorious butthole when it comes to, like, the unspoken rules of baseball, like, starts yelling at him. He's like, stop watching the home run! And Max Muncy was like, you know, I'm going to watch it. Why don't you go fish it out of the ocean? Like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, that was dude. a great. That was a great quote. Yeah, it really was. Yeah, because you know that you know that Baumgartner was just like, oh, <laughs> sanctity of the game, oh, just angry and bitter and. His, yeah, but it's like don't yeah. give up the home run, and then you don't have to be mad that they're happy that they hit one. You know. Yeah, it's just like take the joy out of your life. You know, like yeah. no, come on, man. You know, if if ty- if people are upset, like tell the next team that the women play, like, hey, don't give up thirteen goals, and you don't have to watch them be happy that they scored. Because either way you look at it, it's an accomplishment. I mean, like only a handful of people in the world are going to be able to say, hey, I scored a goal in a World Cup match. That's not that's not that's an accomplishment in itself. So of course they should be happy, especially you know especially uh, those who are going to end up retiring or perhaps not making the team or perhaps not even playing again after the tournament is over and going to do something else. Like it's, it's something to be happy and to be celebrated. So like, like, like I get all the sportsmanship stuff, but like, I mean, if you, if the, if you, if 13 goals get scored on you, like just play better. Don't let it happen. I tried, I tried to put it in football terms um, because I'm, I'm not a huge fan of soccer anyway. I don't follow it or anything like that, but I did hear. In football terms, though, I don't get upset. I love it. I love to see them dance when they get a touchdown, even if we're up by, you know, 30 points. I'm like, heck yeah, dance. But I think because I'm not a fan of soccer, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. It would be less about women or men but man the thing about the them making like 38 cents on the dollar or whatever that drives me crazy every year they talk about it just drives me nuts i I know a lot of people are are of of the belief you know you let the scoreboard do the talking but like i i remember being a kid and like the big one and and mc steve you guys might remember this but like the the u the university of miami like mm-hmm. oh all, yeah all of the old school like mostly our dads basically right like all of those <laughs> football fans hated the u because they're like oh they're showboats and they're this and they're that i loved the u i thought they were awesome because they were like they had a swagger about them they were they were mad they were pissed off but they were all amazing athletes and like i just thought it was great like these guys really enjoyed football and like having them against like notre dame was such a great contrast because Notre Dame was just like so stuffed shirt and like oh well you shouldn't do that sort of thing on the football field oh, this just it's beneath a football player and and the, and the, the U is like f that shit you like and they're just like jumping on it it was just awesome and like yeah I, I like that you can have unadulterated joy in what is essentially a child's game and you're playing it at one of the highest professional levels that can be done like this is the step this is the gateway to the NFL. And you should be enjoying yourself. And it, I just, I, I understood where it was coming from because my dad taught me like very, you know, because I'd never, when I was playing sports, I never acted like that. Because if I did, my dad would have beat my ass. But like, <laughs> it's, and that's, you know, and actually this is the perfect segue because we will be talking a little bit about dads because this weekend, this Sunday is Father's Day. 
So we're going to talk about some of the things that our dads taught us and the things that we learned from our fathers growing up, um, maybe some funny stories, those sorts of things. Um, for Steve and I, as dads, we'll talk about some of the funny things that we've run into as parents so far. But we're also just going to be talking about all sorts of lovely, geeky, nerdy things, as we always do on another episode of GGR Pirate Radio. We are starting in five, four, three, two, one. Broadcast starting. Good job. You're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Don't be a juice bag. Do it! Do it! Come on! Kill me! I'm here! Come on! Do it now! Kill me! This is called Pirate Radio. And as the puck drops, the words that DC fans have been waiting to hear! Since 1974, the Washington Capitals are the 2018 Stanley Cup champions. Lady, I'm afraid I'm going to have to ask you to leave the store. Who the hell are you? Name's Ash. Housewares. Wayne, you going to win on this? Oh, there's nothing better than a fart. What's up, kids falling off bikes, maybe? I could watch kids fall off bikes all day. I don't give a shit about your kids. It's called Pilot Radio. But, Peter, why would they make you president? Well, maybe it's because I can recite all 50 states in a quarter of a second. It's called Pilot Radio. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? Be like, oh, these are stupid guns. Guns uh. are for jerks. It's <laughs> called Pilot Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, my name is Mike Lunsford, and this is GGR Pirate Radio. Guys, we've got a great show in store for you this evening. Um, we're going to be talking a little bit about dads. We're going to be talking a little bit about Father's Day. We'll somehow find some way to tie that in with the geeky, nerdy things that we all love and know and all of that. But joining me for this evening's podcast, we've got the co-host and co-founder of The Great Geek Refuge. Uh, he's the co-host of GGR Pirate Radio. His name is Steve Monick. I got a grill for Father's Day. That's like the greatest gift ever. That, so excited! That's about an, it. it's such an like an adult gift, and like you don't appreciate it until you're actually grown and you're like a dad. Because like if you got that as a kid, you're like, what the hell is this? Like, what am I gonna do with the grill? Like, but now you're like, oh, this is so great. Um, so, also joining us is the other co-host, the co-co-host of GGR Pirate Radio. He's also the host. <laughs> of his own podcast. It's called The Overflow with MC Brooks, but he's also working on a new project which will be debuting soon. There will be details about that later. Uh, His name is MC Brooks. Never too late to reinvent the wheel. This is very true. This is very true. Guys, we, we had a fun podcast last week where we talked about the things that we had waited for 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 a long time uh mc's example was was washington finally beating dallas in a meaningful game uh because they had had like a stretch of like 10 years in a row when the monday night miracle happened and they finally beat the cowboys um my example was was finally getting to see my favorite sports team and favorite hockey team the washington capitals finally win a stanley cup after uh 43 years of futility um but then we also turned it into the, the geeky nerdy stuff too. We talked about uh, finally getting to see Darth Vader on the screen 
just destroying people like we had heard that he was able to do when we finally got to see that with Rogue One. Um, so we kind of ran the gamut, as we always do, from sports to nerdy, geeky things as well. Steve, since you weren't able to join us because you had some family stuff going on, I wanted to give you the opportunity to talk about some of the things that that you finally got to experience after waiting for however long it was. And when it did happen, it was finally worth it. Yeah, so I, I guess I'll start with the sports stuff. Um, as our avid listeners know, I'm from Pittsburgh and a huge Steelers fan. And um, in the 95-96 season, our, our old black and gold made it to the Super Bowl. And it didn't go so well uh, against Dallas. Um, the MVP of that game was Neil O'Donnell for the game-winning uh, Dallas Cowboys, even though he was our quarterback. Um <laughs> It, 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 it was awful. And I was nine years old at the time. And I was really starting to get like really get into football. Like I understood what it was and everything. But at that age, I was like really getting into it. And I was like, our team's in the Super Bowl. This is awesome. And we had like Steelers outfits and me and my brother running around. And we were so excited during the game. And then we lost. And it was a huge letdown. Um, and then all the way fast forward to college, um, you know, another decade later. And the Steelers, through just improbable means as the number six wild card, uh, they beat the Bengals and they destroyed Carson Palmer's knees. Uh, then we have the the miracle tackle uh, in, in the Colts game where uh, Jerome Bettis, who had been money, all, I think he'd fumbled like once all year, gets the ball popped out at the one yard line. They scoop it up. Colts are running it down the field and Ben just karate chops the guy's ankle and he flops. And if he doesn't, if he returns that even into field goal range, we're, we're, we're dead in the water. Then we go into, into Denver and whoop on the Broncos. And so this improbable number six seed has just gained this momentum, momentum. And we come up against the Seahawks and like you were talking earlier about, man, isn't it awesome? Like when a team who's never won before, gets into a Super Bowl and they f- or a championship game or anything like that. And I was like, yeah, it is. It's too bad it wasn't that season for them. So we sm- <laughs> so we won that game and got our fifth ring. Um, and the chant around here during those 10 years between that Super Bowl we lost and then the Super Bowl Big Ben finally got us too. I mean, for 10 years, all it was was one for the thumb, one for the thumb. You know, we had our four rings. Let's get that one for the thumb. And we finally did. And it was my freshman year of college. Uh, I mean, the the perfect timing to go to Super Bowl parties, to hang out with my new friends that I had made. And everyone was just getting jazzed up about it. And then you're thinking, awesome. I'm never going to – I won a decade. I can handle that. And then three years later, we set the NFL record with six Super Bowls by beating the Cardinals. And that game was actually – more entertaining to watch. I mean, one of the best Super Bowls of all time with the back and forth second half, who's going to win miracle catch by San Antonio Holmes in the corner. But the answer to this question of what was worth the wait was actually that first Super Bowl. It's in a lot of ways, a lot more forgettable in this town because everyone talks about that Cardinal Super Bowl. But when you were a little kid in the nineties and all you had was Neil O'Donnell and then there was all the years with the Cordell Stewart and you never knew what was going to happen. And the team was fine, but not great for a lot of it. And then when we hit this stride with Big Ben and he knew it was Bill Cowher's last push 
and he finally got that trophy and we got that one for the thumb that was the one that was worth the wait yeah that's i mean that really puts it into in the in the perspective too because it, yeah. like you said it's not the best one cuz i remember that super bowl the super bowl was boring dude yeah and, like but it just shows that it's perspective you know like for you it was awesome because you were you know you're like 19 20 years old like th- this was you got to experience something that you had been waiting for you'd been waiting for your team to do this and yeah like i i, I totally get it i I, to- I can totally understand that and i mean of course you guys had another one after that and then the penguins won a couple because they're buttholes too um <laughs> same year yeah penguins and steelers won the same year when we yeah, beat the red wing yeah yeah um quick side note which <laughs> is crazy i was looking this up um it, just because I was curious. So the guy who led the St. Louis Blues to the uh, Stanley Cup, uh, his name is Craig Berube, he took over for the Blues midseason because the Blues were last place in the NHL. They were the worst team in the NHL. Yeah. They fired their coach, Mike Yo, and brought in Craig Berube. And Berube took them to the Stanley Cup and won the Stanley Cup. And I was like, that has to be the first time that's ever happened. No, that's happened like six times before. But you want to know what's crazy about it? It's happened three fucking times for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Like, what are the what are the odds, dude? So, like, Dan Bilesma was the one who took him to their first uh, championship with uh, Sidney Crosby. He was an interim replacement for some other douchebag who probably hates his life right now. Um, then it also happened with the current guy, which I cannot remember his name right now. Mike something or other. Um, Sullivan? Yeah, Mike Sullivan. He took over for uh, Bilesma. Uh, mid-season, and they won a cup. And then before that, Scotty Bowman took over, but that was a little bit of a different situation. The dude before him, they, the, cup, the Penguins had just won the Stanley Cup the year before, and their coach was diagnosed with brain cancer and basically just couldn't coach the rest of the year. So Scotty Bowman took over and led him to another cup, but I think they would have won it anyways. I mean, I think you could have had like a, a trained dog wearing a pe- Penguins jersey. I mean, it was Mario Lemieux and Yarmir Yager. They weren't losing that that stanley cup that year no no not at all yeah that's great i i even being a fan like i i did not realize that that happened three times yeah it was just one of those things that i just figured i was like oh it's got to be the first time i looked it up and i was like fucking six times like you would think that that's like a very hard thing to do to build chemistry that quickly but apparently it's not like it's, it's still impressive nonetheless i mean like Maybe hockey lends itself to that sort of thing. Like, I don't think you could do that in football. No, football, like, they get a rep for for swapping out coaches, like, really quickly, especially lately. Because um, that was always the one of the claim to fame to Pittsburgh as well. Is like, yeah, for, like, 60 years, we've had, like, three coaches. You know, it's, yep. it's, it's a big deal. Um, and then there's teams that are like, you get a year and a half, and if you don't get us a Super Bowl, you're gone. But at least they wait until the offseason. It's always like, as soon as the Super Bowl's over, okay, what six coaches just got fired? Like, it's the next day. Um, but hockey definitely does it midseason more than I think any other league. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, like, it's... Hockey's just a different sport. I mean, it, it really is in, in, like, so many different aspects. But, um... As as far as like so we I mean we talked about the sports stuff like I mean were there any movies or comic books or books or anything like that that you just like really 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 waited for you were like man I cannot wait for this thing to come out and then when it did come out it was like so worth the hype like you had built it up in your head and it was totally worth it when it actually happened. Um, hmm. 
I think I'm going to be a little bit controversial here, but kind of episode one, because I was only 12 at the time that it came out. So I was still young enough where I was like able to just grab onto the things that were good about episode one and take all the rest of it and go, eh, whatever. Cause I was just kind of like, it's new star Wars. This is awesome. And I've had this connection with my mom and brother over star Wars our entire lives. So she introduced us to the original trilogy. Um, I mean, she was reading the extended universe in the nineties. I mean, she knows more about the Timothy Zahn heir to the empire, like that trilogy, the Thrawn trilogy than any person I know. I mean, she's read it dozens of times. I mean, um, we would go on walks together and she would just tell me the plots of different EU novels and I would get all excited about it. She was a subscriber to Star Wars Insider, the magazine, wow. and we would get all little tidbits about, oh, the new movie. Oh, here's a uh, you know picture from the, the set and stuff like that. We got all the Reader's Digest covers, the collectible covers for the, you know, it showed like the first look of like Ian McGregor's Obi-Wan and, you know, who's this geisha looking chick, you know, and all this stuff like that. And so for me, the hype wasn't so much about like, this Star Wars movie has to be amazing. I was hyped because there was a thread line in my family of Star Wars fandom. And to me, I the, the quality of the movie is less important than the experience that I have sharing it with my family. Because, and of all the films that have been made so far, some are good, some are bad. You know, you get the whole spectrum. There's movies that have great moments, but overall are fine. Uh, the, at best, uh, you know, you have, say what you will about The Last Jedi. You can have your opinion on it or whatever. Some people like the side stories, the, the, the Star Wars stories. Some don't. I thought Solo was fantastic. But every single Star Wars movie, including the original trilogy, when they re-released for the special edition in theaters, I've seen every single Star Wars movie in the theater with my mom and brother. Uh, so for me, that one was worth the wait for that reason. And I understand why on a objective level that movie was not as good as the original trilogy i get that i fully understand that but again to answer the specific question i had an amazing experience my mom made like uh desserts for us she made like sandy where you have like the vanilla vanilla wafers and vanilla pudding and stuff and she got micro machine pod racers and that was like you know (laughs) we all had snacks together and stuff like it's an event for us and for me Kind of like when you go to like a festival or a carnival or something and it rains. If you're with the right people, even if it's a bad overall whatever, you still have a great experience because of the people you're with. You make it awesome. And that's how it was for me. You have like, like just side note real quick. Like you have like the coolest mom ever. Like, oh, she's awesome. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like MC, when, when, when I went up there for, for Steve's bachelor party, like we didn't even do like the typical like, hey, let's go to a strip club. No, nah, like we ended up doing like 13-year-old birthday party. We went to like a rec center <laughs> and we all played basketball like all day. We played basketball and we played football. And then like the Caps and the Penguins were playing each other in the playoffs. So we watched the playoff game that night. And Steve's mom, like, made us sandwiches and stuff like that. Like, it was, just, like, the coolest thing. And then, like, the next morning, like, uh, instead of getting a hotel, they let me crash it at, at their house. And I woke up, and she, like, made us breakfast. It was, like, it was like seriously, the – she she's, like, the alpha mom. Like, she is the mom which all other moms, like, strive to be like. Like, dude, you – yeah, she's, like, the coolest lady ever. And she's, like, 
like on social media, like I'll say something and she'll like, she'll comment on it. And she's always like super nice and like supportive. And I was like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> I'm not used to this <laughs> supportive, a supportive mom. What is this? You're not drunk and yelling at me. This is weird. I don't know what to do with this. Won the mom lottery. That's for sure. Yep. But yeah, those are, yeah, those are, those are great, man. Because none of those, like, I mean, the, the episode one is like, yeah, it's, it's often maligned, but like. The fact that, like you said, it didn't matter who how good it was. The fact that you guys got to experience it as a family is, is pretty dope. Like, that's... Yeah. Yeah. That's very, very cool. So we well, talked about... Four to nine, because it's going to be the same thing. You know, yeah, I'm going to get the reserve seats, and we're all going to go. That's awesome. We I always... I, I've been taking my uh, my cousin, um, who is my, um, my, my aunt's son, to all of the uh, new Star Wars movies. We go and we meet and we go see those. Uh, because when I was a kid, my aunt was the one who took me to go see all of the cool nerdy movies. Like she took me to see Batman, she took me to see Jurassic Park, and Star Trek Five and Star Trek Six when those in the in the theaters. So like, I felt like I needed to keep that tradition going, and like I needed to be the cool relative who took him to go see movies, even though he's like twenty one and he can go see him in his damn self. But still, like I just wanted to share that, you know, like continue that trend of of going with a with a family member who likes those nerdy things. That's rad. Yeah. That's really what it's about. I mean, to me, that's what makes things worth the wait. Like, at the end of the day, the reason I like the Steelers, I mean, yeah, they're the city that I'm from, but that's why I like them because it's a it's a way to connect with my family, my friends, the people around in the area. And when they do well, we have something collectively to celebrate together. So the things that are worth the wait are typically the things that help me bond with the people that I love. Um, yeah. I mean, there's things that have great stories like Endgame was amazing because it was a build up and it was a, a rarity where the final installment of a, of a story, they, they actually finished it well. And that's so hard for, for series to do. And that one was like, yeah, but at the same time, not going to chat about that with my brother, my wife, we're all we're all fans of it. So like that's that's the things that are worth the wait to me. Yeah. Um, yep. And that's and th- that was one of the best parts. And MC and I were talking about this last week. That was one of the best parts about the Caps winning the championship was it wasn't so – it was awesome for me because, like, they, they finally won the championship, you know? Like, this is the first time that they've done it in their history. But, like, like especially, too, like, Ovechkin is easily one of the best players in the NHL. And, like, I felt like that was, like, the biggest – like it's the validation. Yeah, exactly. It was, it, the was, it was the one thing he was missing. Yeah. This city came together like like no other after that championship like everybody was was nice to each other normally like dc residents are dicks to each other like everybody was super nice like everywhere the caps were going and they were celebrating everybody was partying with them like the cops were just letting stuff go like they're they're definitely in the fountains in georgetown which is big time illegal i definitely know people who have gotten arrested for doing that and the cops (laughs) are just like "Eh, let it go yeah whatever yeah exactly yeah they're like yeah let them let them celebrate let these kids have some fun like it was the city came together. Everybody was awesome, knew each other. Like, I went to Wawa the next morning to get the paper so I could have Ovi on the cover, and, like, people were high-fiving me. Some other dude wearing a Caps jersey as well bought me my coffee that day. It was just – it was dope, man. And, like, yeah. being able to come the together energy with was, your city. Yeah, yeah. the energy was, was just super crazy. I, I was I was down by the uh, – was it was it Cap 1 Center when they won, or did that change after? Oh, no, it, was, it was still Capital One Arena, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I was down. I was down there when they when they won. And I mean, if you've been if you've been to a game down there, I mean, you kind of know what to you kind of know what to expect. But this was the first time I had seen like the crowds crowds on crowds of people, and they were all literally there. 
people of all ages, people of all races, people of all genders. It, it, it was it was it was like it's not something that you generally see like outside of maybe riding the metro on, on a Saturday afternoon. Yeah, it was just it was a great time and like especially for me like my dad's never been a huge hockey fan, but like he even got into it too. And, like, it was kind of cool because, like, the Caps used to be something that my brother and I really bonded together over. But, like, my brother is kind of – and I haven't – we haven't talked in, like, like three or four years now. Um, but, like, you could see that, like, it was something that he was – my dad was sharing with both me and my brother. Like, we were – he was talking about it, like, with me. He was talking about it with my little brother. Um, when they – when my dad went on vacation – uh, to Florida recently to go see my uh, aunt and uncle for their 50th wedding anniversary. My dad was totally rocking the Caps championship hat. Like it was, I was, it was just cool. It was like my dad's doing the same stuff that I'm doing. So yeah, like that shared thing with your family and with your city is 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 vitally important. And that is a perfect segue into uh, the second part of our episode this evening, guys. I want to talk about dads. I want to talk about like for for Steve and I. And you know what, MC? You're now the father of a, of a, of a, of a adorable little dog named Cosmo, so you're a dad too. Um, yeah, I wanted to... being a handful even right now, so that's why I'm on mute. Oh, really? <laughs> it's I want to talk about that, but I also want to talk about the experiences that we had with our our fathers growing up, where like the things that we learned from them, the things that we we gained from them. Um, but like just the, the fun times, you know, like the, 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 the funny stories, the, the little tidbits of wisdom that you got from them. Cause like, it's, I feel it's important and you know, I feel bad cause we didn't do this on mother's day. So we'll have to do this next year for mother's day. Um, but yeah, like just kind of go kind of round table and talk about like what our dads mean to us and some of the, the cool things that they've done. Um, I've said on many occasions and I used to say it on, on the old show, um, when we were working with the, uh, with rock deep rogue radio, I hear all these stories from other people about like, oh, my dad was verbally abusive or my dad was a drunk or my dad was this or my dad was like, boys don't cry. You know, men men shouldn't show emotions. And like, my, my dad was never that. He was never that dad. Like, there was, he, he, he really defined what, what I think is what modern masculinity is. Like, you, you provide for your family you know, you, you be the example of like, of hard work, of dedication, of getting things done, of, of sticking to something, of living up to your word, but also too, like that you're allowed to show emotion. Like I remember I was, um, as a, as a kid being a baseball player who, who like had a decent arm, like I could, I could throw pretty far, I could throw pretty fast and I was left-handed. Um, every, it, it sounds weird, but basically every single coach wanted me to play for their team because left-handers are a commodity. And because I could throw pretty hard, they all wanted me to pitch for them. And a lot of them would like overwork me. And like, it was to the point where like I was experiencing at like 11 or 12 years old arm fatigue and I had no idea what it was. And I never understood it until years later. But I remember my dad having a fight with one of the coaches and I was mad because my dad basically like made me sit out the game. Uh, I was like, dad, I want to play. I want to play. And my, and my dad's like, you have to rest. You have to rest. And I was like, no, dad, I can play. I can pitch. It'll be fine. And he's like, no, you have, you, you just, you know what? Come on. We're going to go out for ice cream. And I was mad at him, but I was like, all right, fine. We'll just go out for ice cream. And like, it wasn't until years later that I understood that the other coach was just using me to get wins. And like, that was just so cool. And there was a game that I, that I, I pitched my ass off and we ended up losing in the last inning because I gave up 
um, a hit and the guy and they scored and they won and I was just devastated right and I was crying a little bit and one of the other players made fun of me and my dad was like it's fine come on let's go to the truck and we went to the truck and we drove away from the field where there's like this little wooded area and he's like scream it out and I was like what he's like just I know I know it's in there and I just I screamed and I was like I pitched my ass off and I'm so mad and how could I give up that hit and like I just don't understand it I feel like I let everybody down and I'm like bawling my eyes out and I was just like I was like and you're not mad at me my, because my dad was my coach and he was like no why would I be mad at you he's like you threw like 150 pitches he's like no he's like you did an awesome job he's like sometimes you do your best and you lose he's like and that sucks but it's nothing to be ashamed of. He's like, and I know you're upset because you wanted to win, but that's life. And like there, I feel like there were so many other kids that were probably like, you hear these horror stories, you know, like you're crying. Now I got, I'll give you something to cry about. Like it just, I'm very fortunate that I had a, a decent dude for a dad. So I, I wanted to just kind of leave it at that. Like we, we had our moments where we fought, you know, I don't know about you guys, but as a, as a teenager, I was a stubborn a-hole and I fought with my dad about everything. And like, as an adult, I understood the lessons that he was trying to teach me and coming back from basic training with medals on my chest and seeing how proud my dad was, was probably like one of my proudest moments because that's all I wanted as a kid. I just wanted my dad to be proud of me and like seeing that he was and him telling me that it was, was probably like one of the greatest moments that I can remember. That's fantastic, man. Well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Um, Steve, I, I, your dad, <laughs> first off, MC, if you ever go to Pittsburgh and you and you and you run into a family game of basketball against the Monics, mm-hmm. and, and you think Steve's dad is going to be an easy target, you're like, I'm gonna put, I'm gonna guard him. He's not gonna score on me. This dude is relentless. Like he will run you over. He will score <laughs> on you, knock you over because he just he just runs like just right into the right to the basket, and then he'll help you up and be really really nice about it. But like he's like this whole his whole family, <laughs> Steve's whole family is like this just like dominant like force to be reckoned with when it comes to basketball <laughs> yeah i'm like i'm like six four pretty huge build and i'm probably the worst of the three of us even though like they're smaller and stuff than me like my dad is is vicious in, in his like his tenacity it, it, when it when it comes to attacking the ball and everything like that and, and my brother is kind of deadly from behind the arc oh yeah <laughs> yeah he really is but give us give us a little insight on 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 your dad. Like, I mean, and, and that's the other thing too. Let me state this up front, guys. Like, as much as you're you're comfortable sharing, I, I obviously don't have a problem sharing all my dirty laundry. So like, that I know that not everybody's like that. If you if you don't want to talk about it, I'm not going to shame you about it. It's cool. But like, if you want to share, like, share, please. I mean, I, I'd love to hear. I, I'd I'd love to know more about these guys that influenced these guys that are friends and colleagues of mine on GGR Pirate Radio. Yeah, no, I'm I'm happy to share. I mean, I'm I'm exceedingly proud of my dad, and I and I think it goes a, a long way back to what you said just a moment ago about like uh, I didn't really get what he was trying to teach me until you know I was old enough to really get it. You know, he was trying to tell me this stuff when I was a teenager, and I had to be like a, a real dummy and and make a lot of mistakes that I didn't have to make because um, I I still to this day feel that my dad is one of the smartest people that I know because every time like I learn something and know something and have a conversation with him about something and I'm like I got him um nah he's he's always knows like 10 more things about whatever it is than than I know and 
I think it's because I probably waste a lot of my time on trivial stuff that, you know, and, and, and it seems like anytime we bring up something of substance, I'm like, there's no way he knows about what's going on with this thing with politics or, uh, hey, dad, let's talk about this, you know, aspect of science or whatever. No, he's got it. I mean, he, he he's an incredibly intelligent man. Um, and he's always trying to instill in me these life lessons. And, you know, he had the kind of dad you were talking about, Mike, where it was kind of like, a little more old school in, in the rearing of his dad. And I think it was, you become the dad that you always thought that you wanted. Um, so like, I think my dad always wanted his dad to be more affectionate and more open and more conversational. Um, and that's exactly how he was with me and my brother. Uh, he was always open, always looking for, connection and ways to build the relationship and just wanting to spend time together. Um, and I don't think I was always receptive to that, but looking back, like I feel like he was always there and always supportive and always supporting us in whatever we needed to do, but also at the same time teaching us how to be men like me and my brother, like how to, uh, you know, be respectful, how to, be consistent uh, with with our our views, uh, how to be polite, you know, and how to think. Uh, it's it's not he was never one of those people that just kind of let you do whatever because of whatever he, he, he expected there to be reason and thoughtfulness. And if you weren't doing something right, it was because there was a lesson to be learned, not because you were wrong or an idiot or anything like that. So um, I hope someday to be like a tenth of the guy that he is. Um, and I always felt bad growing up because it wasn't terribly long into my childhood that I was taller than him. And every little <laughs> old lady at church was always going to my mom like, ah, milkman's baby and stuff. And I'm like, this is church. What are you doing? Because <laughs> um, me and my brother are both tall. Like Grant's six foot. I'm six four. He's five nine. And um, I, I again, that's one of those things like when I was older, I was like, that was really inappropriate for those ladies to be saying that kind of stuff. They thought it was funny, but I'm like. At the time, I didn't know what they were talking about, but now I'm like, hey, wait a minute. That's my dad, you jerks. I don't know. That was kind of rambling, to be honest with you, but it's it's hard to summarize an entire childhood, you know? No, and that's, yeah, I mean, you can only, there's only so much you can really crystallize with, you know, with conversation, because, yeah, there's there's nuance to everything, and that's, that, that's really what it is, too, is like, and, and you said something that was really, like, dead on, and one of the, and, and what it was is, is, you either become the parent that you saw growing up or the parent that you wanted growing up. And like, that was with my mom. It got, you know, you know, she had her demons, you know, like God rest her soul. But like at the same time too, man, there are things that she did. I will never, ever, 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 ever do because I like, you know, this was the example. I will not do that sort of thing. But then there's also things that my dad did that I do because I learned from him. Like that's, so it was kind of a combination of both. Um, MC is, is kind of our newest member to to the the crew here. I mean, you're, you are part of the GGR Pirate Radio crew. Yeah, which, by the way, if you go on iTunes and you look at the descriptions, it's official now. You're not just like, and special guest MC Brooks. No, you are you are one of the hosts now. Like, I'm... Hey yeah, I'm, I was super excited to put that on there because I felt like it's like when you change your... your uh, your relationship status on Facebook. It's like, it's official now, you know, <laughs> like, you're on iTunes down fool. You can't quit. Um, 
we 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 haven't really talked about this much, man. And like, and again, too, just as always, as much as you're willing to share, as much as you want to share, as much as you want to talk about it. But like, like, kind of, what does your dad mean to you? Like, what kind of lessons did you learn from him? Um, when and if you have kids, like, what kind of things will you take to that to that relationship? So, the my relationship with my dad has been kind of an interesting arc, if you will. <laughs> um, like we were super close when, when I was a kid. Like I, I think my love of the city of Philadelphia comes from that because uh, my dad's from Philadelphia. So uh, when I was younger, like we used to take tri- just father son trips there, you know, to shop and, and look around and, and uh, visit some of my dad's side of my family that, that, that lives up there, that lived up there. Um, because, um, my dad's side of the family, I'm not particularly close to because none of them are really in the area. I don't see, I don't see them, so I, I'm not particularly close to them. So, it was always really cool that like some of my fondest memories from childhood are, you know, my father, the the father son trips to to Philadelphia. Uh, my love of basketball also comes from him because I mean, he that's that, like my love of sports kind of started with him. Yeah, I remember watching the old uh, NBA superstars VHS tapes. <laughs> yeah. he, used to, he used to get those regularly. Um, the blooper tapes, the music video tapes, like my love of basketball, like I, I can forever I can forever you know attribute to to, to him uh, for that. But like my relationship with him is has always been an interesting one only because like we're a lot of we're a lot alike and not necessarily in a good way. And so, uh, yeah, I'm comfortable sharing this. Um, like we, we, like we've clashed a lot at like, as I've transitioned into adulthood, like he wasn't really there a lot when I was younger because my dad was in the army, but instead of my family traveling with him when he would go overseas, him and my mom wanted me and my siblings to have stability. So like, we just stayed here. Like, so that we stayed in DC and he traveled. I didn't really have him consistently consistently until i was 14 um like 9 11 was actually kind of the thing that made him like fully like transition to like just come back here and just be here and so he's been he had been here ever since and so a lot like a lot of my memories um are from you know my teenage years that's where my the father-son trips um would come from the vh the vhs stuff was you know when i when i would see him when i was younger but um, our relationship has always been really, really up, really up and down and because we're a lot alike. And like I said, not necessarily in all, in all of the best ways. And I, I can actually happily say that, you know, one of the, one of the biggest demons I've had or that I've been wrestling with, um, I'd say for the past couple years is, you know, like we weren't, we weren't even on speaking terms. Like we weren't. Like there, there wasn't really much of much of anything to for us to talk about, you know, and it really wasn't until uh, last year, late last year, where I mean, I, I guess you can kind of attribute, uh, you can, I can kind of put this in the category of something that I was kind of always looking forward to and was worth it when it happened, and that is, I got an apology, and I, I felt totally validated you know, in feeling the way that I felt for a couple of years. And, and, and since then, like, it's been kind of awesome for us to, you know, start doing stuff t- 
together again, like in, in ways that we, we really hadn't been doing. Like Father's Day the last couple of years, like it, like if my family did stuff, like I wasn't really there. Like I didn't really go do anything. Didn't really get any gifts, nothing. And this year, you know, we're, we're treating him to his favorite restaurant. And so that's kind of a, like, it's a, it's a big deal because haven't, haven't done that in a couple of years. And what's his favorite restaurant? Um, we're going to, well, one of his favorite restaurants, uh, McCormick and Schmidt's. Oh yeah. Nice. Yeah. 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 I love that place. Yeah. So, um, you're going to, going to treat them to good eats on Sun <laughs> on Sunday. Um, very cool. But, but it, it, you know, it's, it's just, like he, he absolutely provided, uh, a blueprint as to the the way I am, the way I kind of see things, because a lot of my like, even though we've never really discussed it, but like I think I got a lot of my inquisitive nature from him, just because I know like over the course of the years, like he spent a lot of time learning and researching just lots of different things that he was interested in, and I have that same thing. I I do the same thing. I was doing the same things even before I knew that that was a thing that he did, and so that's something that we have that we have in common and so despite the the tenuousness of our relationship over the years i'm glad we're in a happy place and I, there there are you know if i do ever become a, a parent you know there are a lot of things that from him i know that i'm going to take and then a lot of things i know i'm gonna i'm gonna do different just because i i know i wouldn't want the same kind of things to arise if me and my child ended up having similar personalities that kind of clash, you know? So, I mean, it's, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm glad to have, I'm glad to have him. Um, I'm super appreciative that he's here. You know, I, I learned a lot from him. I, I gained a lot of love for a lot of different things from him. And, you know, like, I'm super glad, like if I, if I, if I've had any accomplishment, you know, in the past year that I can point to and say, like, that was one of the greatest things to happen to me. I can say that me and my dad reconciling is is exactly that. That's awesome, man. That's yeah. I I feel like I'm listening to somebody else's podcast. Like that story was so captivating, and like, thank you for bearing it out, man. Like that that was it. That was incredible. Like I was just sitting here, like, and then what happened? Like I I like I, I was I was captivated by that story, man. Thank you. I like that you just said it. I felt like I was listening to somebody else's podcast because it was interesting. So thanks, <laughs> thanks, asshole. Yeah, usually, usually we're we're doing stupid crap about like who's the next Batman. Like uh, this, yeah. this is like real stuff, and I'm just sitting here like, yeah. damn that. I, you know, and and it's awesome because you know, recently I got to meet MC in person. Not that we haven't been talking and know each other, yeah, but like, yeah. I, I just love getting to know you two guys more. And that was like, you know, just so captivating, man. I mean, I, thank you for sharing that. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm I've been I try to be I'm trying to get better at being transparent and like people who I've been Facebook friends with at least over the last couple of years, like they've. They've kind of followed along because I've I've made a couple posts. They're, they're private now, but I've made a couple posts in the past where I like I was just kind of venting out a lot of my a lot of my frustrations and 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 it is weird because because Father's Day is uh is around this time every year. Um, my Facebook memories are you know I'm constantly seeing stuff that I said <laughs> like last year or the year before, and like it's it's just kind of like I I, I feel like. I, I, like, I really feel like I've had a, a weight lifted. Like I don't, ha I can look back and be like, damn, like I was, I was really hateful. 
I was, I was really in a bad place. And like now, like I, I don't feel that way anymore. And, and it's kind of great that, you know, instead of feeling jealousy that other people have these great relationships with their dads and they can go do stuff and they can go talk to them and, and whatnot, like instead of feeling the jealousy, it's like, wow, now I can I can experience that now again as an adult. Yeah, that's. It really is like when you when you do reconcile reconcile it, it really does feel like a weight is lifted off your off your shoulders. So yeah, I can totally relate with that. One of the things that I wanted to, to talk about with this too is, as you grow older, I, I think all of us kind of probably did this at one point or another. You you, you put your dad on a pedestal, like mm-hmm. boys tend to do this, where your yeah. dad is the coolest, he's the strongest, he's the smartest, he's the funniest, he's just the coolest dude ever. And then you have these moments, and it's probably like right around teenage years, except for you, Steve, because you know p- your parents are perfect. You jerk. Um, no, that's not true. Come <laughs> on. <now. laughs> you you had these moments where they became human, and it, it might have been it, you might have become crestfallen because of it. But like I think that as an adult now, it makes them better heroes in a way because you realize that they're they're just human and that they overcame all of their little idiosyncrasies to, you know, to be a decent person. And like the, the, my, my dad and I, there are issues that we have, but nothing so serious. Cause like, he'll make a point of every time I call him, like he, like, I'll be like, all right, well I'll talk to you later, old man. And he'll be like, okay, all right, bye. Oh, uh, okay. I love you. Bye. So like, he'll, he'll say <laughs> bye. And then he'd be like, I didn't say I love you. Fuck. I gotta go back and do that. So like he does that, like <laughs> realizing that like, that's something that he needs to fix. And it's just, it's cool. And like you, I, I think you guys are from the sound of it, MC, your, your parents are still together. Like they're, they're yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. And Steve, I know your parents are still together. Um, my parents divorced and it was troublesome for me and for my little brother. And I think my dad saw that, but luckily my dad ended up marrying an awesome woman. Like, Steve, you were on the podcast when it happened. Remember when my dad and my stepmom called on my birthday and they said yeah. happy birthday? <laughs> like, it's it's the cheesiest, corniest thing you've ever heard in your life, but it's the sweetest thing ever. And my dad managed to find, in his second marriage, an incredible woman who is just incredibly kind and sweet and treats um, Chelsea, who is my stepdaughter, like a granddaughter. Like, like there's no question there's no like oh well she's not really your kid so she's not really our grandkid no she treats her just like all of her other grandkids and same thing with jacks they just take great every time every every birthday every christmas like the kids just get everything they need and like anytime like money was tight and i had problems with my car my dad's worked in the car industry since i was a kid um my dad always gets the work done for me and like a lot of times it's like when i was working at gamestop which I don't work there anymore, so I can never reveal this. Um, I had a guy do probably close to like $1,000 worth of work on my car, and um, I didn't have the money to pay him, but I did have Nintendo Wiis when they were at a premium. So that guy got a Nintendo Wii for like 50 bucks. Um, so <laughs> I used every discount that I possibly can. I traded in video games for him. We're totally not supposed to do that, but I don't give a crap because this guy did thousands of dollars worth of work on my car for like nothing. Um, but my dad always hooked that up, and like that was invaluable to me. Like He taught me, like you know how... We all know a friend who was had a little bit of money growing up, and whenever something broke, they just went out and bought a new one. That that like yeah. that triggers some sort of weird like reptilian response in me, where I like I'm really uncomfortable. I'm like, you can't just go buy another one. You can fix this one. Why aren't you fixing this one? And like that's totally my dad, because my dad grew up like 
my grandfather was a police officer. They didn't have a lot of money. And it was, my dad has three siblings, so it was the four of them and my grandmother all living together, like, on a policeman's salary. So that's not a lot of money. So they had to make do with what they had. And that translated as me growing up, like, that you don't just throw things away. You try to fix it. You try to put it back together. You know, you, you stretch it for as long as you possibly can until you can't any further. Like, that's one of that's one of the coolest lessons that I think I can translate, you know, to, to you guys and you guys really understand is, like, that, like, you make do with what you got. My dad, my dad loves saying this. He says, you do the best you can with what you got. And that's kind of a mantra that kind of sticks in my head, you know? Like, even if you don't have the skills and you're not the most skilled, you're not the smartest, like, you put it together and you find a way to make it happen. So, um, to that end, Steve, I mean, was there anything that, like, you remember specifically that your dad did or something he said that really, like, just stuck with you and you kind of still carry to this day? Yeah, I mean, um, I, I say it all the time, and, and I mean it because not only did he say it, but he lived by it. And I, I think that was something that dawned on me later in life. But when I look back, I'm like, so, I mean, he literally would say, if there's, if it's worth doing, it's worth doing right. And I think a lot of times that can be done in a offhanded way, a, you know, your manager's saying it to pep up the group kind of way or whatever, but like he legitimately meant it. Uh, if it's worth doing, it's worth doing right. And and there were times where I would try and half-ass stuff. There's times where I would put in the bare minimum. I still fight that today. I don't have the best work ethic when I really should. And, um, you know, I, I've had to learn and grow into a work ethic, but the man always did things the right way. It was always putting in the 100% effort. It isn't just just getting through something. It was making sure you did it to the best of your abilities. And if you fell short, figure out why you fell short and do it better next time. Um, and that's something that's that's always stuck with me, especially now as a parent, because I don't have the luxury of half-assing something with my wife and my son in the household that I'm responsible for. Um, I, I These this life that I chose uh, with these people that I chose are worth doing right. You know what I mean? It is worth doing right. So that's where I've kind of learned a lot from him. And if I had to encapsulate all of his teachings into one phrase, it would be that. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a good one for sure, dude. MC, what about you, man? Well, I, I mean, I don't have a, a phrase or anything like the, the thing my dad used to just drill into me and my, my sister's heads since we were younger is just the idea of always being responsible for yourself and your actions. And, and you know, no, mat- like, no matter what happens, no matter even if things are out of your control, just, you know, try to make sure that you're being responsible for yourself and the things you say and the things you do. I mean, that's a great one, though, man. Like, that's... Even without like a like a you know a snappy phrase or you know or like <laughs> that that's responsibility for yourself. Like that's that that's super important. Like I try to teach that to Jax on a regular basis. Like it's that that's the other thing too, man. Is like I feel like it never seemed like it was a struggle for my dad. Like it never seemed like it was hard. Like there was always money. We always had food. Like, whenever I needed a new glove for baseball or new cleats or, like, I wanted to play football and there was, like, extra, you know, money you had to pay for your equipment and stuff like that, it just it just happened. Like, 
I, I know that now as an adult that it didn't, you know, it didn't just grow on trees, obviously. But, like, he made it happen. And, like, I had to get braces as a kid. And, like, it happened. Like, it's... There was never anything that I ever needed that I didn't get. And, like, we do, we try to do the same for Jack. Sandy and I bust our butts to do the same thing. But, like, once you actually get to experience that and then realize that, like, man, I get this little dude who thinks that I'm awesome and I'm afraid that I'm going to... I'm going to fuck him up. Like that all of this is like, I'm hanging on by a thread and I'm somehow going to raise like this kid that like, is not a good person because I don't know how to do this dad thing. It's that whole like, um, imposter complex. Have you guys ever heard of that? Oh uh, yeah. 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 That, mm-hmm. That's what I feel like it is. I feel like I'm going to get to a point where like somebody's going to be like, they're going to call me on it. They're going to be like, what the fuck are you even doing as a dad? You don't know what you're doing. Like, get the hell out of here. Like, I feel like someone's going to do that to me one day because really, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm kind of just guessing and hoping that it all works out for the best. Like, and hoping that like, you know, he doesn't get to like be like 20 and like hate me, you know, and like never, never come visit, you know? But like, it's, you really wonder, you like, you, you hope that you're doing the best you possibly can. And that, that, that is enough to, make a decent human being in the long run. Steve, like, have you, have you run into that yet? Have you run into the imposter complex yet where you're like, I'm just waiting for somebody to call me out on this because I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, kind of. Um, I'm, I'm very fortunate with, with Mandy. I feel like if it was, I was a single dad. Oh dude. Yeah. I, 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 he would have already been taken away from me. Right. Yeah. I'm so Uh, hosed if it's just me by myself. Like it's, it's over and i would probably be like you know what probably probably better for him yeah, right <laughs> um spaghettios yeah, for dinner no, every think, night yeah <laughs> yeah but yeah i mean he's he's already got such like a little personality and everything like that that it definitely pushes me towards trying to be better but i 100 percent agree where sometimes i'm like boy i sure hope he doesn't realize i'm just kind of making this stuff up as i go like I'm just trying to be his his best friend and protect him, and that's the best I can do right now. Um, I wonder how much our parents felt like that, where they're just like, "Hey, I'm just been making this stuff up as I go," and then it makes me think of that episode of Futurama where Bender meets God, and he's kind of and God's like, "If you're doing things right, they don't know if you're doing anything at all." And sometimes yeah. that's how I feel about parenting, where it yeah. like it looks seamless and it and it doesn't look like they're doing anything. But there's like a massive amount of work that's happening behind the scenes. Yeah. And they're just like, okay, sweetie, go to bed. And then you go to bed and then like yeah. they do all this crazy stuff that you don't even know about. Yeah. Um, I think that like that that episode of Futurama though reminds me of another part too when Bender is talking to God and he's talking about how like he had those little dudes living on his body. And he was like, I thought I was being a pretty good job as God. And he was like, yeah, you were doing a great job until everybody died. And, like yeah. it's <laughs> like <laughs> It was, that's kind of how you feel. You're like, yeah, man, you were doing a great job as a parent until your son had a meltdown in the middle of Target because you wouldn't buy him the toy that he wanted. And you were just like, I don't know what to do now. Like, it's, luckily, you know what, that's that's something I've never had happen with Jax. I've seen other kids do it, but I've never seen Jax have, like, just a total meltdown. Like, we've had meltdowns at home, but, like, it's, we, we talk it out, man. Like, he he's an emotional kid, and, like, we were washing dishes the other day, and he, um wasn't really paying attention to drying off one of the coffee mugs and he almost knocked the mug out of his hand but I but he managed to catch it and I was like dude you got to be careful you don't want to break those and like 
for whatever reason, the tone that I used or whatever got him really upset and he started crying a little bit. And I was like, dude, it's fine. You didn't break it. I'm not mad. Uh, you're good, man. It's cool. You just got to take your time with this and spread the towel out. You want to have it all the way across your hand. You don't want to ball it up because then you could break the mug. And he's like, okay, I just, I just get a little emotional. I was like, dude, me too, man. It's cool. I do too. It's fine. And like, and then we were fine. And then we made pancakes. It was great. Like, it was just like, it's funny seeing in your kids, the same things that you did, you know, like you kind of see like tendencies, like you see this miniature version of yourself and like, it's, it's, it's kind of crazy. And I'm wondering, like you said, Steve, you know, did our parents do the same thing where like, I'm sure there were moments where I was fighting with my mom. Cause we were, we're so similar in so many ways that we would be like fighting with each other. And she's just like, it's like fighting with myself. Jesus. Like it's that they had to have those moments. Right. Yeah. Like I said, after, after we went to bed, they were probably like just dissecting the day of like, yeah. Can you believe that they said this? Like, where did they even get that at? Yeah. <laughs> I, I couldn't. I, I learned a lot from you when I was down in in Virginia for that long weekend, though, because yeah. you mentioned Jackson. We were driving in the car, and he had a little bit of a breakdown the one time. And the way you and Sandy handled it, I was like yeah. mentally, all right, I'm going to take some notes here on how Mike and Sandy handled that because that was really artfully done. It was like a three minute experience, and I was thinking like, oh boy, here we go. And you guys are like, nah, we got this. I'm trying. I don't even remember what was it. I don't even remember. What we, that was we, about. Like, we, we were gonna. It wasn't like we were gonna go to the donut place and they were closed. Oh, yeah, and then Paul's, he wanted yeah. to go somewhere else, and 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 then you guys were like, "No, we're we're not gonna go. We were only gonna go here, and and it's closed." And he was kind of like really upset about it. Yeah, I mean, I can understand that. I get upset about donuts too. Yeah, um, I mean, it, <laughs> it's fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, and, and it's for the most part, like, it's just like any. It's just like any other kid. It, it's when you set expectations and he's got something in his mind that's going to happen and it doesn't happen, it's upsetting. And like, it's, it's just trying to get to that point where he doesn't like expect that all the time. That's what I'm trying to get with him is like, dude, if things don't happen, it's not that big a deal. You know, you got to be able to roll with the punches and just let stuff slide off your back. Cause if you get upset every single time, doesn't something doesn't go your way. You're going to be upset all the time because most of the day, nothing goes your way. So be prepared for it now, man. Like, otherwise you're going to be upset all the time. You don't want to turn into an internet commenter. Yeah, exactly. Right. (laughs) Nobody wants that. Um, guys, I think this was, um, this was fruitful, man. We got some really good conversation about, about father's day. And for anybody out there who's a father or who has a father, make sure, you know, you have a good father's day. Make sure you wish your dad a good, uh, happy father's day. Um, you know, and it's, it's always important to make sure you, you tell the people that are important in your lives uh, how important they are. Guys, check out the website. It's greatgeekrefuge.com. Uh, there are articles. There are podcasts. In fact, there's going to be all sorts of cool things coming up here within the next couple of months. We're going to be adding to our repertoire. I know that Steve is an anime fan. I know that MC is an anime fan. We're going to be adding a new contributor who is yet to be named. So you guys just keep your noses uh, your nose. Keep your eyes open for that. Apparently, you can smell a podcast. Um, (laughs) Keep your eyes open for that because we're going to be talking more anime. We're going to have some articles. We're going to have some podcasts. It's something that I I know that you guys love. I'm not a huge fan of it, but I'm not going to stop anybody from enjoying this, man. Please. In fact, I'm probably going to listen to it, and I'm going to watch some of these things that they mentioned because I would love to get into it. There's a couple of pieces that I really enjoy. I used to love coming home from my days back in uh, working for Blockbuster late at night on um, Adult Swim they would play it wasn't even Adult Swim it was Toonami at that point 
they would play uh, Cowboy Bebop. And I loved that series. It was such a cool series to watch. And when they did that in-between series between the first Matrix, or it was between the second Matrix movie and the third Matrix movie called uh, The Animatrix. Absolutely loved that series. It was so cool. All of those little uh, joiner episodes were, were super fun to watch. Um, I can't wait to hear more and find more about anime and maybe get into some of the things that, uh, that I've been missing all these years. But for um, MC, for Steve Monick, for everybody here at The Great Geek Refuge, my name is Mike Longford, and thank you so much for listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Pirate Radio Network production juice bags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy. <laughs> <laughs>